This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now... The cost of living crisis affects nearly everybody. There are people, of course, for whom it isn't an issue, but for most people, particularly for families, it is urgent, it is troubling, and we don't really know what's coming down the line. But we do know that as an island nation, what we import in terms of food and other commodities, it has to come across the seas and come in by road. What we export similarly has to go out with hauliers and by ship. And of course, all of that was difficult when Brexit, a hard Brexit was around. Now it's much worse for all kinds of reasons. Verona Murphy is an independent, the independent TD for Wexford. And before she was that, she was president of the Irish Road Haulage Association and was of great interest to our listeners and to me because she knew how significant this industry was and is to the welfare of the people in this country. Verona, thank you very much for joining us today. Good morning, Eamon. The problems that we have to face now in terms of cost of living, people are talking about two things primarily, food poverty and energy poverty. And it is really hitting people. I'm sure you know that. To what extent, as an independent TD in Wexford, do you meet people? And I know you're very assiduous about doing your surgeries and that. To what extent do people say to you in almost despair, I can't cope with this. I don't know where and how I can manage yeah, good morning, Eamon. Uh, look, there are so many varying degrees and different sectors of society that we're dealing with in relation to the cost of living. One that I would consider a, a fundamental factor to people remaining in their homes are carers. And carers in rural Ireland have significant distances to travel between patients. Yes. And that would mean that Obviously, the cost of living and the price of fuel is greatly affecting them to the point of where it really isn't making financial sense for them to stay in their job because they're not being offered any increase, but their expenses are obviously over and above what they are earning. So that's a significant worry that we're going to, we already have a massive deficit in the carer sector 
in which case we were not able to roll out uh, the family home support system the way it should. So if we get carers leaving their jobs because they can't afford to go to work, that's a significant um a significant issue. The other issue is older people who are on pensions and may be in receipt, not everybody on their pension is in receipt of a fuel allowance. Um, the reality there is older people feel the cold much more than somebody who is young and able-bodied. And they tend to light the fire even in the throes of summer. So you will find someone in their 80s with the fire lighting when it's 20 degrees outside. Now, they're doing that 12 months of the year effectively, but they're only in receipt of the fuel allowance for some six months. So I am actually seeing people that I'm having to interact with Vincent de Paul. I'm having to go to the Department of Social Protection looking for these one-off payments that the ministers are talking about to see if we can make sure that there isn't a challenge between heating and eating for many different sectors. And that is a reality, even though, you know, there's also the squeezed middle who are squeezed to death, but they're not yet displaying signs, but they're very much on the brink of poverty. Let me ask you about the haulage business, which you knew intimately and I I would say from my own experience, I learned a lot talking to you about the conditions that drivers have to work under, about the difficulties of that, the hardships of it really, and the fact that many, many people, particularly younger drivers, were leaving the industry and it was very difficult. This was all before the present crisis, but during the COVID crisis. Let's look at what we bring into this country in terms of food. How much of it comes in by sea and then through hauliers and on the roads? Well, the stats haven't changed much. There's still 95% of our food imports and exports travels by road and via sea. Uh, From mainland Europe, you'll have flights that take goods from outside of the EU into Dublin. But the reality is 95% of what we consume food-wise travels by road in trucks. Um, You know, we forget, I suppose, that in the last couple of years, covid we had COVID post-Brexit and that seemed to have masked a lot of the issues that Brexit had thrown up. It also, from the per- for, from the perspective of the haulier, would you believe it actually calmed um, the, the driver shortage in that drivers were freely able to go about their work. There were less cars on the road. The frustration lessened. Drivers weren't yes. having to share cabins on ships. There was a lot of factors and it does seem to have quelled the actual fraughtness of the driver shortage. There is still a driver shortage, but without a shadow of a doubt, you know, wages have increased um, and things things are just seem to be a little bit calmer on that front. However, the cost of haulage has increased across the board by about 30%. And that's contributing, the, the contributory factors to that are regulatory compliance, Uh, You've got trade diversion, and by that I mean the movement of uh, a a closer market in the UK to actually having to source products within the EU mainland to avoid having to do customs regulation, things like that, you know, and obviously the price of fuel, which is very difficult for them to combat. So 
it's been a very trying time there I'm seeing signs now uh, from what I'm I'm dealing with hauliers and listening to them of recession kicking in uh, as my experience as a haulier was that you went out to Italy with a load and you knew what you were taking back yes um, what I, what seems to be happening now is that there are hauliers they are taking the goods out uh, but finding that the load they're taking back has been cancelled and when you see things like that happening and it's frequent, it's a sign that there is an issue with the market that you're coming back to, which would be Ireland. So the reality is that they're the early warning signs. For me, anyway, they're the early warning signs of recession. I'll just give you, for instance, back in 2008, 2009, when we started to hit into the worst recession I can ever remember, I was taking high-end goods, you know, Ferrero chocolate, good Philip pizzas, back from Italy on a weekly basis. They just fell off the face of the earth overnight. It all stopped. Right. And, and you know, when you start again, I'm starting to see the signs of that. I'm talking to hauliers. It's happening. It's been happening for the last month. You'll find that people's cost of living is starting to bite. They're not buying things that they may ordinarily. They're trying to cut back, you know, and this is where we get the heat or eat. So whereas we're not probably able-bodied people are not heating their homes at this point in the year, they are either preparing for when they will have to have money to heat them in the autumn winter or they just don't have that money. It's simple and they're not able to spend it. What about people in business here who are exporting their goods? How are they affected? Uh, when well, you again, add in, I mean... Uh, just, just to put cost. a context on it, mm. Verona, when you add in the war on Ukraine, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the fact that that has added on top of COVID and Brexit to these supply chain problems. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and literally every time we open a paper or look at the listen to the news or listen to a podcast, we can hear increases in some sector. And ultimately for many from a viability perspective, that leads to decreases in production uh, for two reasons. It's too costly to produce or the product they're producing is too expensive and, can't, and won't be bought. What I have seen in my research in relation to post-Brexit activity is that there's a huge amount of trade diversion, both importing and exporting in Ireland. And what, what, what I mean by that is we have started to do more business on the island between Northern Ireland and from Northern Ireland purchasing in the Republic. Yes. That trade has grown. So from Northern Ireland, it grew uh, exports from the Republic into Northern Ireland grew by 54% post-Brexit to date. And the trade from the Republic of Ireland uh, imports from Northern Ireland grew by 65%. Uh, so that's very significant. However, the increase in transport dealing with that trade is actually only 12%. So, you know, it's it's a significant increase in trade and you can minimize the additional cost because it only it's only 12% of the transport increase, if you understand me. Yes. So it is, um, you know, it is significant in the same vein. We have seen a drop in the imports. Uh, sorry, we've increased our exports to the UK 
whereas we have reduced our imports by to the value of about 3 billion, just over 3 billion. It's about 20% of trade coming back from the UK into Ireland. There's two reasons for that. We, Although we're exporting more, the traffic is then leaving the UK and going out to the EU to bring goods back. Yes. They're not coming, you know, with the fall off from the UK, they just don't have the same level of business. So I think the economy trade-wise, the all-Ireland trade economy is very strong and it has improved post-Brexit and we have a significant increase in our exports, but ultimately the imports from the UK have decreased and the main areas would be in food, chemicals and other related chemical products, live animals and machinery for obvious reasons. That is where the customs regulatory regime is most arduous and it's costly. And for instance, you can bring a machine in from the UK and if they find clay in a pipe, that machine can be sent back. Right. So it's that type, there's an added risk to why and how you do business with certain products. So, and that that's where it's accounted for. But I do believe that from a haulage perspective, it is a difficult environment now to navigate and to know you know, where we're going to divert to and when hauliers are seeing trucks that are either sitting for days or they're not able to source backloads, there'll be two effects. Those trucks may be parked up or sold or they will increase the cost of having to, you know, the cost of the delay will be added to the load that you bring back and either of those two things are not good. Now, people are rightly shocked and complaining, of course, at the cost of filling up a family saloon car. What can it be like for having to fill up a big truck? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things. It, it, it is like it's pretty depressing. And up to 11 o'clock last night, I had a call from a haulier whose back is to the wall. You're filling your truck today. You're trying to price. You've priced a load yesterday, in effect. You know, you're you're yes. saying, you know, I'm going to France tomorrow. I'm bringing the load back next Thursday. You've absolutely got to price that load ahead of the collection. Right. It's as simple as that. So as, to be fair to everybody, the importer knows what his, tramport, his transport costs are. However, in the intervening week, you could have increased your fuel costs by as much as 200 euros. Right. Now, that is something that most people do not come up against and most sectors don't come up against. But for the haulier, he has in effect lost 200 euros, except where there is some form of an agreement between the haulier and the person he's doing business with, which, believe you me, doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. You are expected to suck it up, yeah. uh, but it's just... It's mind-boggling for a small operator. And the average uh, size of a family business here is still four to five trucks. You know, so it's very difficult for them to navigate. Government did, to be fair, gave a rebate of 100 euros per truck for eight weeks. That ended a fortnight ago. However, in the interim, diesel has increased in price by 30 cent a litre. And at 1,400 litres, that's a significant increase right. for the price. You know, it is, it is serious and it's something that they can, it, it, ultimately it's going to get passed on to the consumer, Eamon. Yeah. And, you know, that, again, is driving up the cost of living for everybody. So it has always been my premise that to reduce excise as, an, as, as, a, as a temporary emergency measure 
based on the situation we find ourselves in. Because there's the normal course of events is that the barrel of oil dictates the price of a litre of fuel. However, we find ourselves in a wartime scenario. We also have a very strong exchange rate between the US dollar and UK sterling. Yeah. So we have difficulty. It's, it's a bit like it's coming at us from all fronts. And that's very difficult for any business to navigate and to put a pricing structure in place, whereby there is fuel surcharges that were applied, but they were applied at the rate of two euros, you know, when fuel was two euros a litre. So I think for government and, and, and from the perspective of business and having been in business for 30 years, a temporary emergency measure would be to control the controllables. And that is the price of the litre of fuel is the only thing that we do know. Yes. And if we can just add that to the price of a litre of fuel, we would, be, we would remain within the rate. We could actually invoke a price cap and it would be in around the 123, 1 euro 23 cent mark. Instead of that, government have just below 59, uh, 49% on a litre of petrol and their take is 44.99 cent, just 45% on a litre of diesel. Now that is a it's a huge take. Yep. It equates to uh, you know you have got to remember in this country we also pay VRT on vehicles. It's something other countries, very few other countries in the EU have. So government has a very increased tax take here when it comes to driving, uh, whether just fuel and cars alone. So I think it would be worth their while to keep people in their jobs because we have, as far as I can see, a choice we can reduce the excise intake on a temporary emergency basis. Uh, on a, it's based on the premise of necessity, which would allow us to uh, leave or, or, I suppose, negate the premise, uh, the concept of European treaties. We do it out of necessity in order to safeguard the national economy in the national interest. And they could monitor it on a monthly basis. And, you know, when people say things like, oh, uh, we couldn't afford that, I think we can't afford not to. Because in essence, we may keep our excise in place and our revenue income stream from excise in place, but we will grow our social welfare queue without a shadow of doubt. And that may well be far in excess of what the excise intake is. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, Verona, from what you said in the last... 10, 15 minutes, it appears to me that Ireland, North and South, has done well out of Brexit, Northern business and businesses in the South. We know from other statistics, for example, the rate of trade between Britain and the EU, which has fallen dramatically, and the EU was Britain's biggest market. Mm -hmm. But the legislation brought before the House of Commons last week by Liz Truss. It was hardline, went much further than anyone believed, and it is possibly leading to a trade war between the EU and the UK. <coughs> Liz Truss would know as much about Brexit as I would know about rocket science. <laughs> and I, I, I don't want to be particularly unpleasant about a woman, but she is, I think, generally understood to have been promoted to foreign secretary way beyond her capacity. And just even in the times that we've talked, I know how much you know that I don't know about these things. Liz Truss's intervention and what it might, to simplify it, the Brits want red lanes and green lanes. They've no infrastructure built, by the way. They Uh want the green lanes to be for stuff that is going to stay in the north. Uh Is that right? (laughs) That's right. And they want red lanes then for stuff that can cross the border that won't exist. Into the Republic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look at, I think, aside from we could swap insults insults all day on many characters within the UK government, not least Boris Johnson. But I think, look, the bottom line here is this is a very damaging concept. The introduction of the protocol bill is, for a start, without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what commentator you listen to outside of the UK, it is the breach of an international treaty. Yeah, there's no doubt that. Does that does huge reputational damage to the UK. The US have stated categorically that they will not enter into trade talks with the, with the UK if they breach the Northern Ireland Protocol. The premise of which the UK says it is doing this is to safeguard the Good Friday Agreement. <laughs> now, if you look no. into what they're doing and, and, and you look at the green lanes and the red lanes, I certainly can see that the nationalist community 
will be up in arms from the premise that we would see goods being checked north and south, particularly if you look at the trade and the increase in trade since Brexit, yes. that we would have significantly more to do than if we had started with a border on the island of Ireland, because I do not believe for a minute we'd have seen that increase in trade. So, there you know, I think it's a problem that doesn't exist. That Correct. And I think that has been pointed out now a number of times. It is a political issue. Yes. Their reality is very, very different because you cannot marry the fact that Northern Ireland's economy is over and above increasing what the UK's economy is. And if there were problems with the protocol, that just wouldn't be happening. So I think there, there may be, the issues for, that arise from the protocol are not created by the protocol. They're created by Brexit. Yes. And it is a, the protocol is the system that allows Northern Ireland businesses and people to have the best of both worlds. They are the only EU country that has free access to trade with the UK and the rest of the EU. And they can have and foreign, foreign direct investment and all the advantages and that actually, that brings. And I think now, I mean, just the haulage sector and, and many other sectors are beginning to feel that Northern Ireland has a competitive edge over them here in the Republic, simply because they've had, you know, they have now extended the fact that they do not have to institute regulatory checks, sanitary and phytosanitary checks on food. We've been doing that since the off. Yes. So we are incurring costs that they are not incurring in Northern Ireland. So there's no doubt that the protocol and what it's made out to be by Boris Johnson and Liz Truss is a political issue, whether it is just to pacify the DUP or whether it's to boost his own reputation and very damaged reputation within the homeland of the UK. I don't. I presume that is it, and it I is, think yeah. most commentators feel the same way. Yeah. And depending on who you listen to commentary-wise, I mean, I do have to listen to podcasts in relation to what's happening because it changes at such a pace. I think the reality is, those who have followed the process from the beginning believe that this bill will pass. Now, that is very, very concerning On two, for two reasons. The EU is not going to allow the integrity of the single market to be damaged or invaded yes. any further. They have spent five years negotiating Brexit. This protocol is something Johnson himself negotiated and endorsed and sold Brexit upon. Yes. And I think that and, is... And won an know, election with an 80-seat majority and won an election. for having done it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the premise of which they say they're doing it is the concept of necessity. However, that is not borne out on the le- on a legal basis. So we've seen that the EU now has that their back is up. They've instituted legal proceedings again. There's a long way to go. It's possibly a year of uh, debate within the House of Commons and the House of Lords whether or not this bill is going to get over the line. But I think in the interim, a lot of damage will be done, particularly from the uh, point of view of foreign direct investment. You know, there's going to be a lot of stalling. Yes, It's all going to be attributed to the fact of there is no certainty. And I don't think anything could be worse at this point in time. We need certainty where we can have it because the Ukrainian situation is, is causing uncertainty everywhere else. So what's going to happen? Nobody knows. 
is it damaging? It's damaging whether it happens or not. There's, be, there's going to be damage done in the interim because yes. of the uncertainty it creates. The relationship, it's almost, at this point, it's almost irreparable. Yeah. Do we need a change of leader in the UK? Yes, I believe that that's what's going to ultimately uh, going to improve the situation. Just a final question, Verona. You once told me and our listeners a story of milk and the border and how milk yes. is processed. Yes. I want you to tell me again, maybe Boris listens to the podcast, but the point you were making was this is working, it is complicated, it works to the advantage of all parties concerned. So I milk my cow in the north. <laughs> what happens next? Well, w- yeah, you, well, have you look, got a vision of you're milking a cow? It, <laughs> By no means, Raymond. No, no cow would stick you. <laughs> I the let's say the vision is you're milking the cow in the south because we have very right. strong links with Northern Ireland, particularly here in Wexford, where I'm from. Strathroy are the company who collect the milk and take it to Northern Ireland. Now, the reality is that much of our milk can be processed in Northern Ireland and bottled in the south, or vice versa. Yeah, and. You cannot, milk is a product in which case there can be no delays because of the toxins that develop whilst it's in the manufacturing process. So paramount is the, the, the fast delivery to from the farm to the manufacturing plant. And I think if that is threatened, where, you know, we see there's billions of pounds involved in the milk trade in dry powder that we export based on the quality of milk and Northern Ireland producers have the same benefit that we have from the quality mark that's attributed to our powdered milk. We're world leaders. You saw what happened with Danone in America. Yes. We had to make up the deficits the there. Foods, it yes. has certainly it has certainly uh, been the driver in driving up the, uh, the price per litre. So I think, you know, we're in danger if regulatory or a border were to ensue, the SPS checks and the the customs regulation and the food safety regulations, we'd be operating double standards or different standards, I should say, not double standards, different regulatory regime. It just wouldn't be possible. to That trade would end. There is no doubt about it because of the commodity you're dealing with and the time frame. So the paperwork and the customs and the phytosanitary checks health and safety, that trade would literally come to an end. And that is a, that would be, you're talking about billions. You're talking about world trade, not just inter-Ireland island trade. It would be a significant blow. And I think farmers on both sides of the border are very, very worried. You know, so, I, and, and like, it's, it's, it's not something that you can envisage. You say, we still have milk both sides. Yes, but the reality is that that's not how we do it. We would end up having to build plants either side that we currently can just cross the border, which is invisible. It's like you drive a mile down the road and the bottling plant is there, you know, and it doesn't matter where the farm is on the island. You just bring it to the manufacturing plant, then you bring it back to the bottling plant. But if you draw a line that creates a border, all of that stops. And we'd have farmers in the Republic, we'd have farmers in Northern Ireland in significant trouble without any shadow of a doubt from an income perspective. Okay, Verona, you couldn't have a more graphic illustration of the ignorance of the British government in this particular matter 
as in many others. And we're very grateful to you for joining us on the stand. Verona Murphy is former president of the Irish Road Haulage Association. She's now the independent TD for Wexford, and we're very grateful to her indeed, as we have often been on this podcast. Thanks to Verona. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.